Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Wellness Journey, live with Linus of Praiseworks on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Join us every Tuesday and Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Our program will show you the fun and simplicity of wellness. You can achieve total wellness through holistic practices, nutrition, fitness, and spiritual fulfillment. Join us weekly as we talk to the experts in the field of total wellness for your mind, body, and spirit. Here's Linus. Well, hello. This is Lennis, and I'm so glad to have you on another edition of the Wellness Journey Live. I'm glad to also be able to speak to you without too much hoarseness. The last few shows, I was really fighting the virus, but I am glad to say that I am about 99.9% back in my voice and 100% back in my body, and just glad to be able to share with you a wonderful interview from one of the premier experts when it comes to the whole diet, whole idea of spiritual wellness. And I'm talking about um, Betty Otterman Thompson. She is uh, such a blessing. She has been on the show before, and she contacted me to let me know about her new book. And I said Betty, but I meant Betsy. See, I said 99.9%. Betsy Otter Thompson. And um, she talked about this book that she had written. And uh, first of all, she's an accomplished author. She has written five wonderful books all about spiritual wellness and the things we need to be thinking about to be connected and to deal with those spiritual issues that sometimes we don't even think about. She actually goes there and thinks about some things that are really profound. And in her latest book, Love Human, where you come from, and where you are going. I read the book. It's a 98-page book, and, boy, I tell you, it's so thought-provoking. And I was so honored that she thought of me uh, so I could share this book uh, with you and share her with you. Now, one might think, what does a book like that have to do with wellness? And I have to tell you, I think it has everything to do with wellness because you know my philosophy is that if anything in the mind-body-spirit continuum is out of balance, then you're not well. And our goal is or should be to approach wellness, to get on that journey and approach wellness for your mind, body, and spirit, and to continually look for ways to see ourselves spiritually, uh, emotionally, mentally, physically. We want to make sure that we're doing the things that are necessary to stay in balance and just to be aware of all the things that will help make us well. And I truly do believe that Betsy's book, uh, is something that you definitely should read along your journey because it's so thought-provoking. And I, I'm going to bring her on right now because I really want her to tell you a little bit about her and how she came to write and why this book in particular uh, is so important. Um, Betsy, I'm so glad you're here. By the way, um, listeners, Betsy uh, is where I was last week. She has <laughs> something going on with her voice, and so she's a little croaky, but I'm so glad that she made time for it today. Betsy, welcome to uh, the Wellness Journey. It's so great to have you back again. Thank you, Lynn. Well, you know, it's very timely that I'm on the show today because it's about wellness, because I'm like everybody else, and I have a problem with my wellness right now. And um, I had a very powerful lesson 
around the fact that I got this uh, croaky voice and um, I had uh, when I started to come down with it I started asking myself well um, I have a, I'm feeling very uncomfortable uh, with my throat and with the words coming out of my mouth and so how have I made someone else uncomfortable with the words coming out of my mouth that I now have hmm. the same thing to experience and when I asked hmm. myself that question I realized immediately who I had made who, who would have felt very felt very uncomfortable if they had heard what I said about what I said about that person and so I realized hmm. that once again whatever you put out there you invite back into your life so as I put some nasty words out there. The universe said, oh, Betsy thinks nasty, nastiness is love, so let's give her back a lot of nastiness. And it came to me with this uh, throat condition and strep throat and uh, feeling miserable. So once again, um, the universe taught me what I needed to know. I'm just like everybody else, uh, trying to find the love in my heart, and we sometimes have lapses. But if we find what we needed to grow, what we needed to learn, and how we grew from what happened, that's what really matters. You and know, that's so, a powerful teaching. That's a, thank you for sharing that. That's a powerful yeah. teaching. And it makes me wonder, too, okay, when I was sick for almost a month, what had I said or what had, had I done? And I know exactly what it was. It wasn't so much what I said. It was what I was doing. It was the action I was putting out there. And it was just time for the universe to say, you know what, we need to sit your butt down for a minute. So you can just do nothing but think about, you know, the direction that you're starting to take. And when I got well, when I began, you know, getting back, it was after, interestingly enough, I, I made some decisions about what I wanted to do and what I needed to correct to make sure I was on the right path. And it wasn't until then, Betsy, that I started beginning to feel well. So it's amazing how the universe teaches you things. And whether you call it the universe, God, or whatever you want to call it, there is an entity out there that is available to all of us if we allow it to speak to us that can lead, guide, and direct us to where we're supposed to be. And if we're not going the right direction, it certainly does teach us what it is we need to do. So yeah, we don't we don't have to look very far for the answer no. because it comes slapping us back in the face pretty fast. I'm telling you, and it's interesting because it will keep slapping you until you wake up or you just keep getting slapped. That's the other thing. The thing we have to remember is that the universe thinks everything is love, and so the universe just assumes that we are giving out our interpretation of love. And so if I give out some nasty words, uh, you know, like I'm talking about somebody behind their back in a nasty way, then the universe says, well, that's what Betsy thinks is love, so let's give her back what she has given to somebody else. And it's, you know, whatever you, however you make another person feel, you, are, you come to experience because we think that we are a bunch of separate bodies. You know, you're, here, you're there and I'm here, and so therefore we don't have anything to do with each other. But that's not true. We're all one. And so therefore whatever energy we disperse out there is dispersed back to us. And so I sit here today as a living example of my philosophy. <laughs> mm. so, isn't, that, isn't that something? Isn't that something? And I think that's such a powerful testimony because already you've helped me have an aha moment because I knew 
that I was a problem in terms of why I got sick. I definitely wasn't obedient in terms of taking my own advice when it comes to wellness. When I first started feeling sick, I kept pushing myself anyway. And, of course, it knocked me down. But the other thing was that I was susceptible to being knocked down because I wasn't on the right path. And I wasn't listening. I wasn't listening to what was happening. So you're right. The universe is like, okay, well, this is what you want to do. So here. Because the universe has no judgment and has no rationalization. It just is a mirror. And so as a mirror, it simply reflects. And if we can remember that, you know, that when we think about, uh, you don't have to think about whether something's horrible or awful or good or bad. You just have to ask yourself, is it what I want to get back? It's very simple, right. just sometimes hard to remember. <laughs> mm. Well, tell us a little bit about, first of all, you and how you came to be a writer, because I think that is a very powerful story also in terms of being obedient to whatever it is the universe is trying to show you to do. Yes, well, I knew that I was, I could communicate with spirit when I was about five years old. Uh, my, my mother was always talking about her grandmother, who is my great-grandmother, and she loved her very dearly, and she kept telling me I looked a lot like her. And so uh, I thought it would be fun to talk to this woman and see if she was, if I was like her in other ways. And so I started talking to her at night, and I didn't think anything of it. I mean, I, I was young. I thought everybody did it. So I told my sister what I was doing, and I asked her who she talked to. And um, she went ballistic, uh, like most children would. And uh, I was so traumatized by her reaction that I was, I stopped doing it because I, if, if that's how she reacted, then I thought everybody else would react the same way, and they probably would have in my family. And so uh, I stopped talking to Spirit, and it wasn't until uh, my life had gone downhill to the point where I was almost homeless in California um, that I said to myself, you know, my life is not working. Um, I've spent most of it blaming other people. Uh, I'm going to see what happens if I honor the gift. And so I sat down one afternoon. I said, I want to honor the gift, and and I will honor the gift, but I sure need a job to support me while I do it. And three weeks later, I had a job at an entertainment company and worked for the sex day man for the next 18 years uh, that supported me beautifully while I wrote my books. And it was almost as if the universe said, okay, if you're ready to be your authentic self, we are ready to support you. And so it all, the whole the universe just um, flooded me with exactly what I needed to be my authentic self. And I think it's a really important lesson because I was in a one-room, roach-infested apartment, uh, and, and I, I was not making ends meet, and I was a phone call away from being homeless. And so, mm. the, I mean, I don't recommend you do that to find your authentic self, uh, but that's what worked for me, and I'm not sure if anything else would have worked because I had to get to the point where I said, if I got myself into this mess, then I can jolly well get myself out of this mess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was what turned and my I- life around. I started taking responsibility for the fact mm-hmm. that I had blamed everyone else for where I was and the situation I was in instead of becoming accountable. And there wasn't anyone else who had gotten me there. I got myself there. And so I had to become accountable. I had to take responsibility. And as soon as I did, I mean, you know, you'd think it would be horrible to take responsibility for being a person who's always blaming everybody. But the fact that I that I took ownership of that was how I changed it. Until I actually acknowledged that that's what I was doing, I couldn't change it because I was rationalizing, well, they deserved that. You know, they did this to me. They did that to me. 
why shouldn't I behave that way? But, you know, it, the universe doesn't recognize those kinds of excuses. It just mm. receives your gift and returns it. And so that's why it was such a turnaround for me that I said, okay, I'm going to be who I am and let the chips fall where they may. And and all the books have gotten written because I did that, because I I decided I would be who I am and not worry so much about what everybody else was thinking, just make sure I was where I wanted to be. That is such a key and valuable lesson that some people never learn in your lives. And one one in, thing you said in particular uh, was the idea of not being concerned about what other people were thinking. And, boy, that is such a huge one. And part of that is a segue to that part, too, is stop being people pleasers because if you're caring about what people are thinking, a lot of times you become people pleasers. And that, that, that has been my issue, and I've been really working on it. And I'm getting ready to do some things that probably aren't going to please people, but I know it is what I'm supposed to be doing. And when you get to that point, that's when you really begin to become more in tune to what it is that God has for you, whatever that is, and in, in, in tune to that energy that's pulling you towards the reason why you were placed on this earth in the first place. Now, your book, uh, Love Human, Where You Come From and Where You Are Going, why did you decide to write that book? What motivated you to write the book? Well, because I wanted answers. And, I, and it's not that I hadn't heard beautiful answers from other people, it's just that I had different questions than they had, and I wanted the answers to my questions because we all come here with the things that we're curious about. And um, so, you know, it really formed out of the way all my books form. It's something that I want to know. I want to know the answer to that. And so I asked the question. When I first started writing, some of the answers I got seemed so far out to me that I had to say to myself, well, don't worry, Betsy, you don't have to share this with anybody. You can just do this for yourself. And that, that sort of freed me up to, to let it be whatever it was. And instead of saying, oh, my God, what if somebody else reads this? I, I just put that out of my mind and said, I'll just do this for myself. And so that's really how all the books have, have formed, because really if I had thought about, well, what would so-and-so think of this or what would so-and-so think of that, I never would have written a page. Because that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the biggest stifler of creativity that there can ever be. Mm-hmm. It's always worrying how it's going to be taken, how people are going, what, 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 trying to figure out what their reception is going to be like. And, and it's very evident when reading your book that that was not a consideration because you asked some pretty tough questions. And, um, in fact, the book asked many questions. Some are controversial, and some of your answers might be considered, um, you know, may not resonate with everyone. How did you decide which questions you were going to ask? I, I really think they just flow out of me. I'm not. Um, I have a curiosity, and then the and the, and the question just flows out of me. I I don't really. Um, I suppose that we all come here with a reason for a reason, and maybe I uh, maybe I planned it all ahead of time. I don't know. You know, we don't. Mm-hmm. None of us really know that. None of us really know what we uh, exactly what we planned. We just sort of come here and do the best we can with what we with what we're dealt, and. Um, I, I, all I know is that it brought me a deep satisfaction when I allow these answers to be asked and I allow the answers to come. It brought a deep satisfaction to me, and it, and it answered the questions that I, uh, you know, that's where they come out of a, a natural curiosity. Why am I here? Mm-hmm. What's the meaning of life? Is there a reason I'm me and you are you? Where was I before mm-hmm. I got mm-hmm. here? Where will I be mm-hmm. when I leave? So mm-hmm. it, it 
um, all those questions that we all have. I mean, I know that I'm not the only person who had all those questions. Everybody, at one time or another, has those questions. Absolutely. And, in fact, let's, ta- let's talk a little bit about those questions. Um, there's a lot of them, but let's just take maybe one of the questions. Um, and um, it has a lot to do with um, what, how I named the show in terms of seeking comfort when things appear to be so bad. And the question was, how do I find more comfort? Yeah. And I, well, yeah, I like that question. Yeah. The thing is that there's only one place that you can find more comfort than you already have and it's where you think you'll never find any comfort. <laughs> because mm. we, all, we all have a certain amount of comfort in our life, and there are certain areas where we don't feel so comfortable. So if we want more comfort, we have to go to those areas and find the comfort they have. I know it sounds simple, but, you know, most of the answers that work are simple. We have to look at mm-hmm. our lives and say to ourselves, where do I feel that I I feel uncomfortable or someone makes me feel uncomfortable or uh, um, an organization makes me uncomfortable, all those places that we think we can't find comfort. We need to find comfort, and we find it by releasing other people to whatever they need to live and live what we need to live. Because, you know, I'm sure we don't come here, Lisa, with the question or with the purpose of understanding every single life of every single person here. I mean, how could we ever have a goal like that and maintain our sanity? And so we really come here just to, for our own evolution and for our own growth and for our own uh, emancipation, freedom, uh, ability to be who we are, independence, and so we need to release other people to their journeys because we don't really have any idea what they're here to learn, why they're here, uh, what they thought would be informative. We have no idea, and so to have judgment about it is is ridiculous because we don't have the information to make a judgment. And so com- finding comfort is looking in your life <clears throat> and and asking yourself, what does make you uncomfortable, and how can you release people who are living that idea and let them be who they need to be so that we can be who we need to be? You know, I think that's very key. We talked about releasing people to their journey. And, and it's amazing because we want the same thing. We want to be able to live the life that we feel best resonates with us. And the same token, we should be able to do that to others. But it seems so difficult for us to let that go. We want to control everything. I know because I am the biggest control, uh, you know, on the planet. For many years, I had an anxiety disorder, and I finally figured out the reason why I had the anxiety disorder was because I was always trying to control the outcome. I wanted to control everything around me so there wouldn't be any surprises, and I wouldn't feel that terror I felt when I first found out that my mom had been hit by a fire truck. I didn't ever want to feel that again. So my answer subconsciously was, okay, I'm going to control the outcome, meaning I'm not going to to release anybody, and I'm going to just make sure that everything happens a certain way so I won't be surprised. And, of course, that's absolutely insane. Uh, You cannot control others. We barely can control what we are doing ourselves. And as I began to figure out what was going on with that, I began learning how to release. The, 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 my buy-in on the outcome, because the bottom line is, is no matter how much you worry about the outcome, no matter how much you try to control the outcome, it really isn't for you to do. You have no control over it, so therefore, let it go. Uh, yeah, same so thing also, with the whole idea of controlling people. 
And then also it's about releasing your mom to live what she came here to live. Because mm-hmm. if that happened to her, then for some reason there was something she needed to learn about it. And so it's about releasing her to do her journey, having faith that her soul is wise for what she needs to live. And so, you know, you can't have, other people aren't going to have faith in your journey if you can't have faith in their journey. And it may mm. it may seem to us that we can never understand why your mother would make that decision, but then you don't know what your mother uh, experienced before she got here in this lifetime. And so right, it's really exactly. about trusting, you know, that the soul That's- is wise for the journey. The soul has the overall picture of what we have lived before we got here, and it knows exactly what we need to live, and we just have to release and, and, and allow that to be. Because there's nothing that so else true. that can bring you the comfort you seek except that idea. That is so true. And, you know, it does give you a sense of comfort when you really do realize, and a sense of freedom, that it's not for you to control the outcome. That's not why right. you were placed here. You were placed right. here to do you, whatever that is. You know, to grow, to learn whatever lesson, to teach, to learn whatever lesson you're supposed to learn and to teach whatever lesson you're supposed to teach because I believe that we were all sent here to teach as well. And I also believe that we all have the gifts, talents, and abilities within us to fulfill the reason why we're here, you know, the reason why we actually are here. But we have to open ourselves up uh, to all the possibilities. And that brings me to another question. And it's funny because someone told me the answer to this question before I even knew that you had asked it in your book. We were talking about this. One of really, you know, um, esoteric conversations where you feel like there's no answer, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Right now, in this moment in time, there's so much going on with the whole idea around never being able to attribute world peace. And so in your book, you ask that question, is world peace possible. Share with us what you shared with the readers in your book about this. Can you say that question again? I didn't hear it very well. Sure. I was asking in that question, you had one particular question that I know a lot of people think about, but they don't really talk about it a lot, and that was is world peace possible? Is what? World peace possible. Oh, world peace. Okay, I'm sorry. I just couldn't get that. Well, no problem. Uh, I think um, peace is a state of mind, um, and after you find it in thought, it manifests in matter. It, it isn't about other people becoming peaceful people. It is about finding the peace within your own life. If you are out there fighting against somebody, somebody that you think is wrong or somebody you think is doing something wrong, you are a, you are a part of that fighting energy. Uh, if you release them to live as they see fit and live peacefully yourself, then you are spreading peace on this on this earth. Yeah, I love that, and I've never really thought about that. So much of the discord has to do with our own need to find peace within ourselves. You know, it's interesting because I had another conversation today, and one of the um, issues that was brought up was about the inability to fix what we might think is wrong with someone else. That's really not our, that's not our job, and it shouldn't be our goal because you can't do it. First of all, you don't know what's wrong with the other person. It's not even about that. It's all about going on, what's going on with you and what it is that you need to do. And many times the universe is a mirror, as you said, in terms of what's going on in your life. And also individuals can be mirrors. The very thing that irritates you about another person many times is what's going on with you. It's really you that you need to fix. And, I, boy, have I learned that 
over the last 14 years. I've really learned that many of the things that would irritate me um, really are things that I need to take a look at myself. And, it's, you know, it's interesting because so many times, Betsy, um, people are afraid to do the work, afraid to do the work that the universe puts before you that you need to do so that you can claim all those blessings, so that you can be the best that you can be. But you've got to want to do the work. And to me, in your book, that's what you're doing. You're doing the work. You're asking the questions and you're sharing thought-provoking responses. And I feel it's really important that we learn how to dig deep. And if there was anything in particular that you wanted people to know, uh, that you wanted people to walk away with when they read your book, what is it? Well, let's let's just talk about that idea because this earth is just a piece of real estate with billions of people inhabiting it, and its stability depends on the nature of those who live here. So, I mean, you have to ask yourself, how does a family work in cohesively? How does a business work cohesively? How does a community work cohesively? Cohesively, and their stability depends on the participants and their treatment of one another. So, why would it be any difference in terms of, terms of the world at large? It's just that you cannot have peace on a big scale until you have it on a small scale. So stop trying to bring peace mm. to the world and just make sure you have peace in your relationships with other people because that's how it happens. And it's never going to mm. happen another way, and, and, and it won't happen until each person finds the peace they want other people to have in their own hearts. That's where it begins, ends, and forever will be. I think that's one of the reasons, Betsy, that your book is such a gift because it really does cause one to stop and think about what's really going on in terms of the reason why we're here. We spend so much time dealing with things that are surface and not looking below the surface. And the questions that you ask and how the book is written, it's written in such a way that it's not that you're saying, oh, I have the answers for all of this, but it really does cause you to think, is that where I'm at? Is that what resonates with me? Uh, is this um, where my thinking lies? Instead of just going from day to day and not even asking the questions, just kind of existing. And I think the first step to being well, really getting on that journey to wellness, is beginning to ask those questions, beginning to want yeah. to do the work and to do the things that you feel will put you back on that journey. Yeah. I think that what I ask myself when I read, uh, uh, you know, when I would want people to ask when they read the book is if an, if an idea seems foreign to them, they only need to ask themselves, do I have an idea that works better? And if you have an idea that works better, then by all means use it. If you don't have an idea that's better, then I offer the opportunity to try something different. I love that. And, and no judgment. No judgment. no judgment. These are things that, yeah, no, these are things that are coming from your heart that the universe has given you to share, and that's the beauty of it. And I think so many times that we have a tendency to just want to deal in black and white. And the <laughs> the world is very gray, and we have to learn to, like, color outside the lines. It's not always about coloring within the lines, because if you get a chance to color outside the lines and you begin to feel comfortable with that, boy, it just opens up the world of possibilities, doesn't it? It does, and I don't think that... Um, if you if you believe in God or the universe, the universe cares what you're doing as long as it's bringing you love. That's all the universe cares about. That's all God cares about. Just wants you to have a good time, enjoy yourself, spread love. However, it works for you. You know, if it doesn't work for you the way it works for me, so what? I'd rather have somebody living different ideas 
and having it bring them love than living my ideas and having it bring them horrible feelings. So you have to find what makes you feel excited about life and then and then stick to it. Go for it. Wow. That's that's beautiful. Thank you. That's such a beautiful message and it's I think it's so appropriate for today because we get so busy pursuing things that ultimately aren't gonna bring us happiness. It just seems like the right thing to do. And instead of really digging deep and figuring out, okay, how do I want to live my life? And for me, personally, it's very thought-provoking because I'll be 58 in a couple of weeks here, and you really begin to start thinking about your mortality and how you really want to live your life and what's going to bring you a sense of joy. And that's that's what I'm going for. I'm going for those things that bring me joy. I find that happiness, just like anger or fear or anything else, is kind of like fleeting. But joy, having that joy in your life, uh, can be sustainable even when things get chaotic because you learn to go in a place within yourself that gives you that sense of joy no matter what's going on around you. So that's my quest for my next 58 years. Uh, and, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> and also, you know, I would also add to be easy on yourself. We're all taking two steps forward and one step back. And it, it's not about getting angry at ourselves or putting ourselves down is by saying, well, what did I learn from living that? And so I got a, I put myself out there today and I told you what I learned about myself from, um, from what I lived to get this cold. And you know what? There's nothing horrible about it. It's just a step in my evolution and it's just a step mm-hmm. in yours. We're all human. We all do things we regret. We all suffer the consequences of doing it. And um, we're all learning together. We're all just one big uh, amalgam of souls here playing together to learn. Yes, yes. Thank you so much, Bessie. And and for those people who want to get your book, and I really recommend that you get this book. This is one of these kind of books that you may not just want to get for yourself, but for someone else that you love uh, to help them also facilitate their journey to wellness because it really is a wonderful guide to do the work uh, to really begin to figure out what resonates with you. But for people who want to purchase a book, where, where do they go? They go to my website, which is BetsyThompson.com, and um, all my books are there, and all my social media is there, YouTube and and uh, LinkedIn and uh, Twitter and Facebook. So everything is there on my website, BetsyThompson.com. Okay, and for those of you who are uh, listening to the show and happen to have your phone, um, you can see the uh, show page or your iPad, your computer, your PC, uh, just click on her name. It will take you directly to her site and actually will give you access to all of her wonderful books. And I have three of your books. She's written six. I can't even get my one finished. <laughs> She's written six <laughs> books. And they're just beautiful, beautiful um, thoughts. Uh, from a spiritual perspective that really enhances your life. And and thank you so much, uh, Betsy, for thinking of me and the wellness journey and being on our show today. Even if you did have a little fog in your book, I could hear you absolutely fine. You were fantastic. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. I was delighted to be here. Thank you. And I want to repeat again, uh, for those of you who um, um, didn't hear earlier, go back and listen to the show because it's just, it might be a shorter show, but it's wonderful. Many times it's not about the quantity, but it's about the quality of the message that people have to share. And uh, Betsy Otter Thompson has a beautiful message to share. She always does. And this book, Love Human, uh, Where You Come From and Where You Are Going, is something that you really want to take a look at and add it to your collection of books that you want to go to from time to time when you really want to 
kind of transcend the day-to-day stuff and dig deep and begin to really find uh, your journey to wellness when it comes to your overall spiritual wellness. Thank you so much for listening to The Wellness Journey. I'm so glad that you joined us. And remember, every Tuesday we have live shows, and but we also have, I don't, I've lost count now, hundreds of shows in our archives from some of the key premier thought-provoking people and experts in the field of mind, body, spirit, wellness. Uh, for women over 40 and all the people that love them, which means everyone. We have all kinds of topics from diet to nutrition to fitness to exercise to um, meditation to energy healing to what we talked about uh, today, spiritual wellness and finding out where you fit and where the universe uh, fits in your life. It's always a pleasure to bring the show to you. Remember that along your journey to wellness, you are going to come into some pretty interesting challenges and uh, sometimes some hills and valleys, but just remember that God provides you the tools along the way, like this show, to provide you what you need to keep moving forward to your journey for wellness for your mind, body, and spirit. You're listening to Lennis, and you've been on the wellness journey. We'll see you again next time. Thank you for joining Linus of PraiseWorks on the wellness journey. We hope that you've enjoyed today's program and have found something to help you along in your journey to total wellness for your mind, body, and spirit. For more information, please visit praiseworks.biz or find and follow us on Facebook and Twitter.